What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Vegas, a.k.a. Mr. 702, live from the building, and we are about to go under the armor. Fasting. Fasting has been around since the dawn of time. You look at anyone's history and you can see their ancestors use fasting as a form of healing, as a form of meditation, and even as a form of enlightenment. My first interaction with fasting was in the military. Um, we would wake up about, you know, zero five, do PT, and then eat about seven. Then we'll eat again at maybe one or 12, and then we'll probably eat at five or six. But until about seven the next morning, you're doing nothing but drinking water. So even the military is teaching soldiers how to fast. From there, I started fighting MMA, and so I had to cut weight. And anybody that's ever competed in a combat sport knows that cutting weight involves massive amounts of fasting. Once I stopped fighting so actively, I started doing things within the fitness community. And because I wanted a certain look, I began to fast again. I just know that fasting allows your body to eat itself, which helps with your overall physique and how you look, especially if you combine that with some good exercise. However, now I do it strictly for self-discipline. There's a quote that says, by overlooking by overloading the body with food, you strain the soul and render it less active. And this is so funny because this time of year, you have everything telling you to eat, eat, eat more, more of this, more of this, family gatherings, stuffing, turkey, greens, cornbread, candy yams, cake here, cake there, upside down cake, pound cake, Sprite cake pies, everything. And so we kind of fall into this festive enjoyment of gluttony. However, I am not cooking anything for Christmas, nor was I fixing anything for Thanksgiving. And therefore, I just really don't agree with the fact that it is the one day where we're kind of overindulging on purpose. Now, for me personally, I can tell you how fasting helps and empowers me. I feel like it allows me to be in control of my primal or my most natural instincts. Eating is a very primal and natural instinct. If you think about it, a kid, a baby will cry and fit and tamper when it's hungry because it's hungry and it doesn't know anything else to do. Oftentimes as adults, we get hangry. Oh, I'm just hangry. I'm upset. I'm hungry. And so my question is, who is in control? Because we know that the body can go a maximum of three to four days, depending on your digestive system and how you, you know, are living your life. But we know it can go three to four days without eating at all. So why, when we miss one or two meals, we begin to act like the world is about to shatter? And then my question is, 
if your stomach is in control and tells you what to do, then how are you ever going to tell your stomach what you want? And this is for the people that are looking to transform their bodies. Maybe you are a high school athlete trying to go to the next level in college. Maybe you are a mom that's trying to get off the baby weight. Or maybe you're just a person trying to look to get in better shape. I would strongly suggest fasting because it puts the responsibility on you and it makes you accountable for when you eat and when you don't eat. One of the things about fasting that I enjoy the most is just the self-deprecation. Like restricting myself from eating makes me feel strong. It makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel like I am putting myself in a state of struggle so that I can appreciate not only the fact that I can eat, but it also reminds me that you are not so comfortable that one or two calamities, one or two misfortunes could make you have to feel this feeling a lot. And so it's one of the things I do. I also work out in a fasted state. So for me, I eat between the hours of noon and 10. And then that's just because of the way my work schedule is and how everything goes. But I literally wake up and I work out and I work out very, very hard within a fasted state just because I feel like it gives me a better workout. And it makes me depend on myself and who I am for doing the workout and not just depend on the fact that I'm about to eat something or just anything, but just know that, you know, fasting is a form of self-discipline and all self-disciplines need to be practiced continuously and so that we can remain and even grow into a place of enlightenment. So I'm reading this super awesome incredible book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And this study of stoicism is just becoming so great for me. I love when I'm able to challenge myself. I love when I'm able to find a flaw inside of me that needs correcting. And so this whole stoic path is something that I'm looking forward to and that I'm enjoying. This book, The Obstacle is the Way, it speaks about how the impediment to an action, that adversity can sometimes be the exact thing that is needed. And so, like, I kind of think about it like you don't know what it takes for you to be in that position until you get there, which is something we always say. But could it also mean that getting there, the process in which you get to that position is what is needed in order to help you function optimally at that position? And so one of the things that I think that I've started to begin to really, really try to focus and hone on is understanding that adversity is an advantage. So... You cannot grow if you're comfortable. And though we know that to be true, in order to be uncomfortable, you have to be put in adverse conditions. A person is not going to lose weight if they're living and eating and doing this. But there are certain programs now where that person literally goes to a camp where they actually lose weight. They put them in adverse conditions. The military... Basic training is an adverse condition. It is one of the most grueling 
training regiments a young man or woman can go through because you're 17, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, and you barely know who you are as a person, let alone how to become a soldier. And so with these adversities, it, it helps us to become better. Like a lot of my improvement in life has come because it was necessary, because I was in a place of adversity and I had to make the proper moves or make the corrective actions or even improve myself in order to even get to the next level. And so there are three things that the book is really, really, really touching on that I just want to share with you. One is perception. And if I was to break this down to my own self, it's one of my greatest weaknesses. My perception can be skewed by my emotions, which is something I use a lot because I fuel off of emotions. So the perception of how things are or the perception of how you feel they are is so big. How many times do we go through life and we have these unfortunate events with friends and lovers and even people we want to do business with based upon the perception of what's going on, only to come back down the line three, four, five years, or you know, even hopefully it's sooner, like weeks or months, only to realize that there was some skew in perception, there was some miscommunication, there was some knowledge that one party knew that the other party did. All of these things take a toll on us emotionally because when we perceive to be wrong or we perceive to be not validated or not valued, it can change our whole emotional spectrum because we see with our emotions because how you feel is how you see. If you're not feeling good and you're having a good day and everything is just down and droggy, you're going to find the down and droggy in everything. And so with these obstacles that come in our lives, we need to not perceive them as something that is bad, but actually perceive it as something that is good. One of the things that helps me out a lot when it comes to performing is just learning how to channel that anxiety that comes from performing. And this could be anything. This could be like back in the day when I was a stripper. This could be when I was an MMA fighter. This could be, you know, when I was taking tests in college, but just that raw nervous energy of how is this going to go the the fear of not knowing what's going to come on the other side of what you're about to do but for me on my perception I'm now shifting it and thinking about how can this be an advantage to me how can I use this to better myself how can I use this to increase my tools how can I use this to improve my skills Remember, what you see is not just based upon your eyesight, but a lot of it is based upon what you're feeling. And if you can tell yourself like, whoa, slow down, maybe this is not what I'm seeing based upon what I'm feeling because your perception does skew what you see. And it also could have a great negative impact on the actions you take based upon the perception within that moment. Let's talk about kissing. It takes two muscles and it burns about three calories for a simple kiss.
However, it takes 23 to 34 muscles to do a deep, passionate, and intense kiss. Kissing produces dopamine, which is pleasure, serotonin, which is a mood enhancer, adrenaline, we all know what it feels like to kiss somebody so deeply that it makes your heart skip a beat, and when it comes to kissing, I think that it is a very interesting dance of cat and mouse. Me, myself, I don't know if I'm a good kisser. I know I am a passionate kisser. And so I like to kiss in a way that produces levels of euphoria and ecstasy. I like to kiss in a way that is wild and passionate and deep and intense. When it comes to kissing, I believe that the lips are not the only thing working. And so because my love language is physical touch, oftentimes I combine kissing, which is touching um, different points, trying to induce and usher in a higher level of pleasure. I also think that kissing is very funny when it comes to yourself, because I think that for the most part, people when they first meet, that first kiss is so awkward because it's so many different styles of kissing. It's so many different combinations. It's so many different etiquettes. You have the pecker. You have the sloppy kisser. You have the in-between. You have the person that kisses with no tongue. You just have a lot of different ways to kiss. And so the movies, I think, illustrate this in a lovely way because I think that when you are attempting to kiss someone, there's a lot of nervous energy, especially in those first couple kisses. Like, I think that the nervous energy for me is something that I strive and enjoy because I'm going to kiss the same way. I'm just a full force. Let me eat your face. Let me slide my tongue down your throat. I want to kiss you until I hear you whimper and until I you just feel good all over. Like, I want to kiss you so strong that it, it make your feet tingle. And so I think that that is my viewpoint on kissing. However, I feel like we as human beings have become so enriched with everything being digital that are we still valuing things like kisses and hugs the same way? Because I'm going to tell you, like, there is very few things better than just laying and relaxing, fires setting the atmosphere. You got two cups of tea and you're just enjoying your partner. And maybe it's not quite time for the increase of intimacy. However, there are fleeting moments of passion and sexuality and sensuality that is shared through the kiss. I think when you're kissing somebody, you are speaking a unspoken language that 
only the two of you can decipher because it's feelings of passion and pleasure. And, you know, it can be a feeling of ownership. Um, if you are in the kink community, it could be a feeling of domination. I know that for me, myself, being, you know, that I do practice um, a very kink-centric lifestyle, I think that if I was to be honest, I try to dominate or show dominance through the kiss because oftentimes I'm doing way more than kissing. So I don't know. I thought it was a cool subject to even think upon. So maybe you don't know your kissing style or you don't know your kissing technique. I challenge you to just ask the person that you've been kissing, hey, what do you think of my kissing style or what do you think of my kissing technique? And then what does my kiss say about me and does it even match what I'm trying to convey towards the person or towards your partner? Remember, to be more real, be more human, be more honest. Catch me next time as we continue to go under the armor. What's up, what's up, what's up, Mr. 702? I'm live in the building, and I just wanted to personally thank you for listening to my podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can just jump on Anchor, and you can just go ahead and, and send that to me. All feedback is great. Trust me, I'm just now starting. I am a rookie, so any tricks, tips, all that is that I'm thankful for. But if you feel like this is being impactful in your life, please share, share, share. Get the word out. Let the people know. Let the people know that there is somebody that is speaking online. And, and if you feel like you can relate to it, then share it with one or two people in your circle. And lastly, if you want to support me, if you really want to take it to that next step, then just go ahead and go on Anchor and you can go ahead and donate to the cost. All proceeds will help speaking engagements, help me put on things like I want to do a black men's health um seminar workshop in 2020 so that's what that'll be going to but thank you for taking a moment to listen to my podcast and have a wonderful and amazing day